Welcome back, y'all, to the Zachary Wingate Podcast, where we go 365 days bringing in a podcast to you every single day. Today is Podcast 43. It is September the 19th, 2020. Let's get into it. All right, y'all, so... This podcast is really for people with dyslexia, neurodiversion, or have some type of dyslexia. I like to do a podcast at least, I don't know, whenever I can about dyslexia to bring awareness and also to help those who have it. Um, I think so often in life, the biggest issue that adults face with dyslexia is there's not a lot of content out there about how you manage it. There's plenty of content from the ages of 7 to 18, but once you get in the real world, how do you really manage your dyslexia? So today, that's kind of what we're getting into. I'm going to break it down into a couple key aspects, and we'll go from there. So guess what? If you're listening to this and you have dyslexia, I don't want you to feel like a victim. I really want you to understand one thing. Um, dyslexia in itself is a neurodivergent. So what that means is like the way your brain communicates using letters is not a normal concept. In fact, um, where dyslexia really started to become a really big issue is during the transformation of the Industrial Revolution, where more workers needed to be in assembly lines. So as a result of it, they had to streamline education. And as a result of streamlining education, what had happened was is textbooks and readings was the quickest way to do it. Reading is the shortcut to education is a very common expression. So what does that mean? Well, whenever you read something, you're able to process it and you're able to understand it in a much quicker way. But whenever you have dyslexia, obviously that doesn't always happen. So prior to the Industrial Revolution, what we had is the ability to have internships, learn one-on-one, pick up traits, work with your hands, and do different things like that. Dyslexia really is nothing new. It's just a different way to process information. If you can think about it, in all reality, it's just your brain is firing on different cylinders. Um, It's not a good thing or a bad thing. It's just how you perceive the world around you. And as it relates to dyslexia, you know, eventually, you know, the first name of it when it was first understood was called word blindness. And dyslexia in itself is very complex. I've talked about this before. But I honestly think no two people with dyslexia are the same. I think it's almost like a snowflake. Each one of it's really unique, and each person has a different relationship with it. And what's really, really important for people with dyslexia is, first of all, understand that, you know, you're not dumb. A lot of research has been done, and it indicates that the same level of shame dyslexics feel is the equivalent of people in families who partake who t- who partake in incest, which in itself is, you know, I mean, it's very shameful. So that's that's so identify that shame and then process it and understand that just because you have an issue with reading, it doesn't mean you're any less than you. Just process the world differently. Um, an example of this is, you know, my whole life. As a result of having dyslexia, I've been, you know, I got held back in third grade. I've experienced a lot of different things. But whenever I started to notice where I excelled is when I got older and challenges didn't stress me out like it did other people or being told no, like didn't worry me the same way. At a very young age, 
um, you know, I was a teenager in two bands and I was the drummer and I was kind of seen as the, the leader of the bands. You know, um, I would help book events, I would help call, I would help organize, and a lot of the practices would happen in my house. And I would have two different bands. I would I would practice with two different bands a week in high school, you know, and I had this ability just to to continue being consistent and working hard and allowing my creativity to take over when I play drums. And that, that really helped me gain a lot of confidence. Um, and I think whenever you have dyslexia, I think the first goal is to initiate where is your confidence? Like if you could put it on a scale, you know, are you confident enough to deal with issues? Because that's really what it comes down to. You know, if you, and this is why dyslexics, dyslexics take two approaches in school. They either become the class clown or the class bully because you can either, um, make people like you through fear or make people respect you or you can be a class clown and make people laugh and I was the class clown in some sense so always making people laugh and having them kind of like me was a form of I guess you would call it trauma conditioning because as a result of being dyslexic I, what I did is I made people laugh and that's something that's been consistent throughout my life you know, I feel like humor is a really big part of my personality, even now, but it's a result of that. I feel like there's different aspects like that. If you are asked to read out loud and you can't read something right, but you can make a witty joke in time to make people laugh and not have them think you're stupid, then you've, you've kind of, you've won that battle. And it's really like winning battle after battle after battle when you're in the education system, because it's, it's like you are in a river and you're just hitting all the rocks and you're not smoothly going down like you want to. That's how it is in the education system, you know. It's like there's nothing like being forced to go into special ed and understand that, you know, the environment you're in at that moment is one as a result of your brain processing stuff. And how you battle through that is what's really going to identify your personality. So... When people want to use dyslexia as a means of saying why they can't do something, it's really a choice. It's like whether you think you can or you think you can't, you know, you have your answer. So what you really have to do is being able to identify what you are good at. And this is something I say to, you know, I've talked to parents with kids who have dyslexia. You know, if your kids can be in sports, art, music, anything like that, that's going to give them confidence and make them excel, you got to put a minute because your kids need to know what it feels like to be successful, okay? Even as humans, we need to know, or as adults, because what happens is a lot of conditioning will bleed over from when you're a kid, and you can't really maintain or understand what to do because you're so forced to deal with your emotions, be triggered, think that you're less than, think that you're stupid, and all these narratives and everything will just stop popping up. And when that happens, you have to be able to have enough control to stop it and say, I'm not going to go down this tunnel. I'm not going to feel stressed out about this. You know, I know that because I have this learning disability, I am not less than, I just learn different. And that's a really important concept to take over, you know. Because my whole life, you know, in my 20s, I've talked about it before in this podcast, but it's a message that I want to consistently get out there because I'm, I'm hoping that people will find it who need to find it. And the message is, you know, you don't have to beat yourself up. You don't have to think you're less than, you know, it's like 
What you really have to understand is the toughest critic on yourself is your is yourself. You know, the whole world isn't always going to really care what you're going through or what you have to say, but, you know, what are you telling yourself? Like, do you even love yourself? How many times do you tell yourself positive things? Like, wow, I'm so happy I did that. Or, wow, I can't believe I'm so good at this. Or, I'm really enjoying this. Or, you know, if, you, if you're not going to be able to hold that relationship with yourself, it's going to be really tough to have positive relationships with others. So that's the first thing you have to do is really really understand where you're coming from with it. Like how are you processing it? And another thing is being able to lean on your community. You know, finding people to talk to about it at first, understanding it and being a self-advocate. You know, when I was younger, I used to tell when in college I would go to all my professors and say, "Look, I am dyslexic." Okay, I may not be your best student, but I still will work hard and show up the best I can, you know, and some days I would and some days I wouldn't, you know, because I'm not, I mean, I'm not going to lie to y'all. I mean, I tried my best in school, but I was not a good student. But where I do well now is actually in the real world, understanding that A and B equals C in the real world is different than A and B equals C in university. Because university is subjective. You have teachers. You have professors. You know, they think that they're the ones needing to teach you, needing to do it, doing what you need to do. It's like, I got a business degree in marketing, okay? Now what I do is direct marketing daily. And if you were to teach a class on it, I wouldn't sit back and have you read textbooks or understand. I would actually make you do it, you know? And it's like, I was in a marketing class one time and the teacher actually asked us to make a product. And what I made is Papa's Chili, and, you know, I had some help from a couple people at the time, but it was really, like, my idea to create this creative thing. And, you know, we created it, we did it, we implemented it, we created a product, and this time, like, I, I really was, like, a nobody. Like, I had some type of impact in my school. My school was small, and the teachers always liked the really smart kids in college. But long story short, like, I crushed it. I came up with a product that looked like a real product. And as a result of it being so good, my teacher wanted to use it in class as the example for what you they need to do. It's like people, when you ask someone to think out of the box and be creative, it's so difficult for them because their whole life maybe they haven't had to do it. But I think sometimes when you are struggling and you are dealing with different aspects that other people aren't, you know, tapping into that creativity is so helpful, you know, as someone with dyslexic, dyslexic, as somebody with dyslexia, that's kind of the point I'm trying to make. And two, it's like seeing the big picture. It's like another thing I do now is I'm taking large, I can take large amounts of data and I can totally put them in silos and understand which, which one will do what. And I think that's really important too. You know, and it's also like my language skills. It's like I, I'm not bad at language. I and mean, I'm not like amazing at it, but I can still speak Spanish well. And I can, you know, it's been a while about the Chinese, but, you know, those things are just really important. I might not be able to read the languages. Actually, Spanish is like really easy to read. It's like phonetic, which is kind of funny. Sometimes when you look at words, some of them are different, but but it's really interesting how it's phonetic and it like reminds me of a story about when I was in China and, you know, I was in a band and the drummer was named Do Tao, but at the time I couldn't say it, so I just called him DT. 
And what I found out later on is that DT was dyslexic as well, and he couldn't read. And so what his mom did is every day she would take him to a music program after school, and he learned how to drum there, and he became a phenomenal drummer. And he played with a band called Dequai, and Dequai is like the most famous band in Lanzhou when I was there. Like everybody knew him, we opened up for him, and he was dyslexic, but the dude was a phenomenal drummer. And him and my buddy Joe Tong opened up a music school, but that's beside the point. The point I'm trying to make is, like, just because you are dyslexic doesn't mean you need to take the path as everyone else in your career. The world is open, you know. You have the power to do what you need to do. And if you don't believe that you don't have the power, then that's on you. You need to take responsibility and have integrity for how you're communicating with yourself. Because I'm going to tell you one thing. You know, your subconscious programming matters. And the negativity from your childhood becomes a part of your subconscious programming. And it happens so quickly. And this is a result of, like, implementing and developing survival mechanisms. But as we kind of get into a, as we've been in a more modern society, the survival mechanisms that we had before are different now. Like the fear of going into a cave with a bear or knowing it, feeling it, understanding it and having it be a part of your trauma. Now, having trauma might be feeling like someone thinks you're stupid because you can't read. And as a result of it, you have years of oppression and trauma for being in an education system for 12 years that doesn't match the way you learn. I wonder who that sounds like. The point I'm trying to make is you got to be aware of it, you know, and it's like if you like the, the University of Austin did this study on the majority of people in jail, what is what is the consistent commonality of them all? And it's it's being illiterate, you know, not being able to read really results a lot more into criminals and and those types of things because they feel like outcasts of society. And an education really is the pathway to a better I think I think a better environment. You know, I was lucky enough to go to a non traditional school and as a result of it I think that's why I don't have the same stigma as I might have if I went to a normal school. So if you're dyslexic, keep, keep your head up, keep chipping away at the old block and you'll get it. You know, you have the ability to do what you need to do. You need tenacity, persistence and keep a positive mind, you know, and there's always tomorrow. All right, y'all, that's all I got for tonight. Have a good one and we'll talk to you tomorrow.